This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Seven two seven Beck Stew. Hi. When was the last time we did a show together? It's got to have been 30, 45 seconds ago, right? <laughs> was it? Yeah. When? Do you remember? I mean, has it been that long? Or and it was when you and I were both on it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think Jeffy was there, yeah, that, but I that was a long time. My ago. memory's hazy on it because it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, I I don't really remember those days. No, I don't either. I was a different person back then. Oh, it was a different time. You they, know, it was a different age. I used to believe in uh, the Second Amendment back then. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! What an I, idiot! You didn't tell you anybody were. at the time. What? I did. I did. More. You know, I believed in uh, less government intrusion. <laughs> I, well, I, I mean, no, another stupid. one I believed in. Is I believed in uh, the idea. This is just a, it's a crazy uh-huh. idea now. I understand now it's stupid, but back yeah. then I agreed in this. I believed in this idea that unless you're indicted for a crime or convicted of a crime, you should probably keep your constitutional rights. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, we, we were all stupid and young. I mean, my, you should see my hair. Even though the due process yeah. was killing us at that time, oh, you, God, you still thought that way. Us. Yeah. Wow. Slaughtering us. Wow. As Joe Manchin said, by the way, yeah, uh, that did. due process is killing us right now. Killing us. Legitimately what he <laughs> said. And he went on to say that, look, we can solve this with a nice compromise of if you're suspected of something, you just have to, for five years, uh, not do anything wrong. You're and essentially on probation. You're as on a probation citizen. for five years, uh, and then you might get. It's a good compromise. Insurance. Yeah, that's a darn good compromise. Now, obviously, you're not going to go through any trial or any, uh, you know, due there's process. No, there's no due process to get to that. This is this is a sort of a pre-due process part of the process. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I would describe it. Uh, that's the right way to do it. Obviously. Obviously. It's funny because I was saying this to Glenn uh, off the air in that like, what Mansion's trying to do there is say the process is killing us. Mm-hmm. But the term is so ingrained in our society that he can't help himself from saying due process and ignoring what due means. It's due to you. It is yours. It, 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 there's no removing it. It's due to you. Due process. And this is one of the most, maybe the most conservative Democrat in all of Congress. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, you know, usually somewhat reasonable. That is just one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. I mean, that's that's Soviet-style justice. That's not American justice. 
You can't deny people the process that is due to them. You can't do that. Um, it's supposed to, and due process, by the way, was created for moments like this and people like him. Yeah. People who will try to take advantage, will try to, well, look, I mean, yes, it's in the way, though. I mean, we want to do something, and it's, we, well, there's this thing in the way. This due process is in the way of what we want to do, so we need to get rid of the due process. That's why it's due process. It's right there, a wall for you to just take your action that feels good today. You know, Democrats want to... Um uh, take an antiseptic to the to the society to our civilization and make everything absolutely perfect they want to create that utopia they've always been trying to do that well you can't ensure that nothing bad will ever happen you can't there's just no way around ever saying okay we've completely fail proofed we we've we fail proof society now nobody will ever get shot again who doesn't deserve to be and uh, nobody will ever be convicted wrongly ever again. You can't do that. All you can do is the best you can do under the laws. That, and, and we have the best process ever devised by man. And still, it's not going to be perfect. It's just not. And they're, they're trying to get us to this place. You're still going to do process will allow a few criminals probably to go free. You accept that because you know that it protects the rest of us, too. Um, will, But it lessens the chance that innocent people will ever be convicted and put into jail. Does that ever happen? Yeah, we've, we've seen it several times because DNA has come around and, and ways to prove people weren't guilty of rapes that they were accused of. And maybe they've spent 18 or 20 years in jail. And I, I hate that more than anybody. Uh, but... Uh, except probably the person it's actually happened to. But it's going to happen. And and so, unfortunately, are some tragedies. They're going to happen. You can't just stop everything. And they keep trying to get us to this place where uh, they have us accept the fact that now it'll be foolproof. Now, even though Hillary Clinton yesterday said nothing Donald Trump has proposed would have stopped this guy. Well, right. And the same is true about her. <laughs> yeah. Nothing she proposes yeah. would have stopped this guy. Or anybody else wouldn't have stopped the Sandy Hook shooting, wouldn't have stopped any of these really horrible tragedies. No, I mean, so I guess he maybe if you're banning... Not the AR-15 that he used, uh, the SIG that he used. If you ban that, uh, then uh, theoretically... But, I mean, obviously, he would have bought... First of all, he had another gun, so he would have bought more... I mean, what would have happened? Like, he would have gone in and probably built a some sort of... But he could have blown himself up. I mean, he died in the... He was pretty well hell-bent on dying anyway, so he could have blown himself up and killed everybody in there. Yeah, and, and whether he could have, you know, successfully acquired the uh, the, the the explosives is, is an issue, and it's one of the reasons why they're using guns more. Yeah, I mean, we've cracked down on explosives, but that's you know, that's all part of it, right? But most likely, what he would have done is bought a handgun, 
And he, he did buy a handgun, but he would have bought several more handguns, and he would have been able to shoot a lot of people. Instead mm-hmm. of reloading mm-hmm. uh, his AR-15, or, or SIG, he would have probably dropped the handgun he had in his hand on the ground that was empty and picked another one up out of his vest Which, instead of shooting. By the way, you can shoot just as fast. You can shoot uh, just as fast. You can shoot the handgun just as fast as you can shoot an AR-15, because you have to pull the trigger on both of them. And I'm not trying to give anybody any ideas, but it, it, when you have handguns, you can have two in two hands shooting two different directions i mean it might not be as accurate a way to shoot but when you got a giant crowd of people you're gonna hit a lot of people doing it yeah. and if i mean and while you might uh people would say well uh, you, you know the ar-15 can have an extended clip there are reasons there are reasons why the ar-15 uh you know is a good gun however uh, handguns can work just as well in these situations and in instead of having multiple clips because even if you ban the clips Right. Even if you ban the clips and you say, you know what, you can't have 30 uh, 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 you know, um, uh, round clips. First of all, obviously, they're going to ignore all those restrictions and get them built anyway. You can freaking 3D print them at this point. But beyond that, they are just going to buy a gun that's a handgun that's about the same size as a clip and have them all fully loaded and have 20 guns on them and just start pulling them out of their vest and shooting until they're empty and throwing them on the ground. Mm-hmm. There is, it's ridiculous. That's why we all know the goal of this is not to ban the AR-15 that wasn't even used in this attack. The goal is to go after all of these guns. They're just doing it step by step because they're progressives. They never admit what the end goal is. They take one small step at a time, just like with Obamacare. This is happening now. Oh, well, Obamacare. We know what we need Obamacare. We need Obamacare. We need Obamacare. But we are never going to let an illegal immigrant go on Obamacare. That's not going to happen. Of course, that would be ridiculous. We aren't against the Second Amendment. I mean, this time I'm supposed to say we're not going to stop illegal immigrants. We're going to let illegal immigrants get your tax dollars on Obamacare. Well, now a state, I think it's California, is opening up Obamacare to illegal immigrants. Surprise, surprise, a few years down the road, guess what happens? It always happens, and that is to their credit, I guess, the brilliance of progressivism. They never have to argue the real point because they're always lying about it. They're always saying a tiny little step here, a tiny little step there. They get themselves down the road, and where do we end up? We, get, we end up at the end of the road, eventually. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you take tiny steps. Eventually, you hit, bump into the wall. And that's what happens. It's what they're doing all the time. And, and the media has put itself in this position where it... it, it requires itself to just judge the moment. It requires itself to say, well, they're not saying that right now, so mostly false. I got news for you. This is a big thing. It's a long-term process. Mm -hmm. It is a a philosophy that does not stop. It constantly pushes towards its end. It's taken over 100 years to get here. Yeah. Over 100 years. Their next step is going to be to ban everything. I mean, they're going after these assault rif- assault weapons right now because they look scary, and they think they can get that done. Uh, but as soon as they get that done, they'll start on the fact that, well, okay, that doesn't that didn't fix the problem because most of these deaths, almost all of them, in fact, ninety percent of these deaths are happening from handguns. Got to go after handguns. Got to go after hand. You know why? They're designed to kill. Mm-hmm. What, 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 They're designed to kill what as well. Part of this, and I always think this is hilarious. What part of their argument about uh, assault rifles it does not apply to handguns? No part. It's uh, they're all designed to kill. All well, they're all designed to kill. Yes, every single gun is designed to kill something. Yes, mm-hmm. it's like the military 
are designed to kill people and break things. That's what they do. They're not designed as a peacekeeping. They're not designed as a peace corps. They don't plant crops. That's not what they do. Yeah. You don't plant crops with AR-15s. You don't plant crops with uh, a Glock. You don't. That's not what happens with it. Uh, You don't drink water from it. You don't cook food with it. You kill people with it. We have tried to convince Jeffy to drink water from a couple guns. (laughs) See how that works out for him. You can drink water from guns? No. No, we're in there. uh, Apparently, we're showing... The paused footage. <laughs> I don't know why we're still. I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, but yeah, that's you know. There you are. Um, so yeah, but I mean, you know. I, oh, there you go. That looks better. Yeah, like the do it again. There we go. That's a little overacting there. You're doing a little overacting. <laughs> Boy, I mean, this is. But this is where we are, right? I mean, it, it, yeah. it's such a disingenuous argument, and you're seeing every time there's another shooting. More and more people fold from their principles. And we saw, I mean, you know, I mean, I get principles and Joe Scarborough. How can you possibly say them in the same sentence? But I mean, Joe Scarborough was Mr. Gun Guy until the last shooting. Now you're seeing new people who are Mr. Gun Guys and now they're not. Well, they said, I just read a headline yesterday. Republicans are looking at gun control with fresh eyes or taking a fresh look at it or something. What, what kind of fresh look do you take at gun control? It, you should be taking the same look at it today that you took in 1791. And it's the and what is it, Pat? It's emotion. Uh, it shall not be infringed. Right. Oh yes, is that, the yes. actual right. Well, what we're doing now but is, yeah, is all emotion. purely emotion. Think about this for all a second. We all do, nobody wants people to die. It, what is? But what is the reason we're doing this? For example, there's what 300 people that are killed by okay. rifles. Uh, in America every year. 300? About 300 that, people. Uh, Stu, that's 300 too many. Right. But, I, I agreed. Right? Like, I mean, we I'll, have actually, to do actually, something. No, I don't We've agree with that. We've got to do something. We have no, to no, do hold on. something. Thank you. I don't agree with that. Thank you. That I is the key. We have that. to do something. I, I don't agree that it's bad. they're all bad because some of them are killed in self-defense. And thank God yeah. those guns are there to save people in those situations. Do they include in the stats the people who have been killed yeah, in people, self-defense? People who, it's also suicides. Oh, jeez. They include in those yeah, stats. See, that doesn't work. I'd like to know how many people have been killed in murders right. by a rifle? Um, and I don't know. It's got to be my, small because nobody what, takes a rifle. The to very a first episode, very few uh, of the wonderful world of Stu, we uh, we addressed this one back several years ago, and it was something like one in three or four hundred thousand rifles uh, are used in a crime like that. It's something like that. So they're still um, used. And something right. needs to be done. Right. Yeah, so you can't ban. Like, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, like I would say, and I, I don't know, what's the number? Is the number one in maybe it's six hundred thousand cars are used in a crime? One in six hundred thousand knives? I don't know. I mean, like there's a certain you can do this stat for everything. Mm-hmm. You can find that rifles kill less people as they do than. Hands and well, fists. Dogs then, kill more right, people yeah, exactly. than guns. Should we ban dogs? I don't, yeah, I mean, so maybe rifles at least. I mean, look, yes. Well, then rifles. Yes. That's what I was yeah, saying. Exactly. Yeah. How many people die at the hands or the teeth of dogs every year? We should look into that. See yeah. if it's more than three hundred. It's, it's got to be right. But again, you bathtub incidents in a country of three hundred and twenty million people. Right. You yeah. don't ban things that kill three hundred people. Right. That's Everything true. is going to kill three hundred right. people in a country. Except the size. we do, and we do and it we all do. the time. The Tylenol thing. How many? Yeah. 
many people died in Tylenol? Was yeah. that 50? Yeah. I mean, I, I did a column on this many years ago, which was the, the drug Fenfen, which was... Oh, uh, Fenfen, yeah. Which was a weight loss Killed drug. almost nobody. Killed almost... I don't know. I can't I'm remember sure if anybody it, actually died from it's it. It's been a while, but I don't even remember yeah, if anyone yeah. died, died over it. Um, it may have been somebody, but it was... Uh, the, the whole study was based on 24 people, and they took it off the market. It had helped... Hundreds of thousands. Yeah. There's only almost no way to justify pulling that drug off the market. But it's gone. It's gone for good because it made a big news story. And that's what I mean, the emotion, Pat. The emotion of what we heard this morning from Tony, mm-hmm. who's in a nightclub. He's trying to freaking enjoy himself. He gets shot four times. He watches five people around him get shot in the head. It's so hor- horrifying. It's so no emotionally horrific. He's got his head under a couch so that he, he can't get shot in the head. And it, That's, it, it's, uh, it's uh, awful. And we should do everything we can to stop it within reason. For example, mm-hmm. we shouldn't imprison everyone so it never happens again, right? I mean, like there are steps to take. Now, wait a minute. Ha- yeah. <laughs> there it is. That would solve it. <laughs> that probably would solve it. If we put everyone in individual cells. What if we put everybody in a cell? Right. <laughs> probably you're Without right. Without a gun, of course. Of course. Um, but the point is that, like, all of these things, <laughs> cars is always an easy example. I was like, well, the cars aren't designed to kill. Are you talking about motive here? Or are you talking about actual results? Lot, thousands and thousands of people die. More. Because of cars. Uh, And it's not because because, uh, it might not be their motive, although some of them are. People get run over all the time intentionally in Mm -hmm. this country. More than 300, I'll tell you that. Exactly. Uh, But the point here is that do you care about human life or do you care about the emotion of an incident? And you know the answer to that. We all know. And it's, it's terrible. As terrible as this uh, other Orlando story is with the with the alligator thing, they are going to take a million steps to make sure every alligator is nowhere near any theme park for the next zillion years. And while those are all really important good steps to make, this story is affecting me and everyone in America a hell of a lot more than the poor kid that ran into the road chasing a ball and got hit by a car yesterday that no one knows their name. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of the family and a couple people in their neighborhood. It's such a... We, we, we prioritize and almost worship emotion in this country. And I wish it would stop. I wish we could look at this in, in a more sensible, calm, data-based uh, way. Because in all honesty, these things hurt us. We've said it a thousand times, Pat. You don't make good uh, decisions when you're emotional. When you're angry, I'm angry. Give me Donald Trump. I'm angry at guns and I'm sad because of a tragedy. Let's ban things. These are t- terrible, terrible decisions. and You shouldn't make them in an emotional state. It's like saying, and maybe we should, let's kill every alligator. Right. Let's kill. Ban alligators from Every the alligator we find. Uh, every uh, ape from the story ab- a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yes, every every ape. There should be no apes, but certainly no alligators. Now, uh, be, and frankly, I'd rather see every alligator in the world die than one child. Yes, I'm, that makes I'm, a lot more sense. But liberals would never go along with no, that. No, no, you should have seen never. people who were. I mean, because uh, Matt Walsh wrote about this. I, I remember this from vacation. Matt Walsh wrote about it and was just tweet, retweeting all the people. 
who were saying, I, you know, you, A, you should die, of course, which is kind of constant with every Matt Walsh right. story. They've threatened mm-hmm. his life. But, I mean, he's saying, like, look, I, I would rather have every single child uh, uh, live than uh, and and have all gorillas die, if that were the choice. It's yes. not the choice, obviously. And it's but, the same with alligators, to and, me. And, and, yes. Of course. And, and that alligator purposely, you know, the the ape in question wasn't, wasn't at fault because the kid was in his domain. The alligator came up and got the kid and ate him. The alligator came up out of his and ate him. The kid was waiting in the water, though. I don't care. And and by the way, didn't eat him. He didn't Uh, eat him. Okay, he drowned. Have they found the kid now? Yes. Yeah, freaking terrible yesterday. They shot Darn it. I mean, horrific. So I would seriously... I'd rather have every alligator every alligator on Earth. I don't care how many there are. There could be 70 billion. They should all die before that one child. But... That is not the way but you react that's to not a the situation. Way you do it. Yeah. I mean, you, you try you try to handle it as best as possible. But like, this is why we have a system that does not, and, and let, the left will love this, and it's the, they will defend this part of it. It's why the parent of a murdered child is not able to in, uh, to give the punishment on the murderer mm-hmm. because making decisions in that right. state is a terrible thing to do you're not rational you you can't make logic based decisions in that state uh, everyone like that's not what you're supposed to do don't go to a grocery store when you're hungry we mm-hmm. all know that rule but we're going to ban the second amendment every time there's a tragedy and i know jeffy what does that hell are you i break that about? rule all the time, all the what? time by the, the way quite clearly. it's actually the best time to go to the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it's, you don't make good decisions when right. you're there and you don't make good decisions when there's an emergency and besides it's too late to make that decision <laughs> yes, when you're in an emergency situation that's why you should get prepared right now get on the phone We'll give you the number in a second and call our friends at My Patriot Supply. They've got this fantastic offer, 72 hours of emergency food for $10. This is a great way to get your foot in the door of emergency uh, food preparation. I mean, I hate to hang on the process here, but what you're telling people is to go... Uh, get on the phone. Yes. And you're going to give. So they're, they're, they're just holding the phone, waiting. Get on the phone. Well, yes. No, you should probably dial some number. numbers. Okay, because you said get on the phone and we'll give you the number in a minute. We haven't given the number yet. So they're True. probably just holding. They're just uh, hearing well, dial tone. Yeah, hold the phone right now. Hold it. Get your hand on it like this. And and just, or if you have a cell phone, hold it. And then and then prepare, you know, call up the, the, the dial thing if you're on the, right. you know, uh-huh. you push the button and the and the. Yeah, but I'm in my the phone. I'm on my phone. Okay, Jeffy's doing it. Okay, then you now, dial eight eight eight. Now, if you're if you're doing this from your home phone, <laughs> you need a to one. Dial one first. Yes. Oh, okay, but if you're doing Backspace. it on your cell phone, your cell phone takes care of the one for you, which is that's, impressive. Oh, that's an Backspace. amazing. Backspace. It's one Backspace. of the greatest inventions of all time. Eight eight eight. Four one one six eight four four. It's ten bucks, guys. It's free. Push send bucks. right now. You know your yeah. cell phone bill that you're calling on? Uh, it's probably costing you 12 times as much as this, as three days of food is going to cost. Oh, my oh God. My. Oh, uh, good. God. How, what is your cell phone bill? It's a zillion dollars. Mine is $9,000 a month. $9,000 $9, a month. And you never this call anybody. Less. I've never, I never been able to get anybody. you on the phone successfully in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so call them now. 888-411-6844. Or you could, and of course, this was here the whole time because you could have just read it, but... Four eight 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 four one one six eight four four. Prepare with the blaze dot com. Prepare with the blaze dot com. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another eighteen hundred dollars to put in the new water heater. 
By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Hello. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Beck. It is Pat and Stu. So uh, we're hearing some things about uh, about this radical Islamic extremist uh, psycho killer who uh, murdered fifty people uh, at the nightclub the other day. And apparently, his call to nine one one said something like, "I pledge my allegiance." Oh, I guess this is actually his Facebook posting. I pledge my allegiance to ISIS leader Abu Bakr al Baghdadi. May Allah accept me. Uh, He wrote that in one post early Sunday morning. The real Muslims will never accept the filthy ways of the West. You kill innocent women and children by doing uh, U.S. airstrikes. Now taste the Islamic State vengeance. There you go. Psychotic, man. Yeah. Uh, Bizarre. Bizarre, bizarre. uh, From an American. He's an American. Yeah. Uh, Radicalized, though. I mean, clearly. They said he got radicalized online, right? Don't, uh, do they think it happened yeah. with his dad? Because I, I, I wouldn't. Put, I don't. I don't discount that. His dad no. seems psycho too. Well, I mean, you know, if you bring in, he probably brings some strain of that into the household, and and you know, the kid maybe took it a little further. Although we don't know, we don't know anything about the dad. Uh, at least we don't know enough to say that he was not interested in similar things. I mean, but as of this point, we have no evidence of that, uh, other than, well, I mean. We have evidence, kind of, that he had, is interested in similar things, but that you know, there's a big difference there, and we've talked about this before. Are you a terrorist if you uh, just support the idea of terrorism? Technically, the answer to that is yes. That is actually the definition, mm-hmm. the, the dictionary definition of terrorism is support or it's it's something like conduct or support terrorist activities. Um, so yes, I, I think like if you support, if you agree with the Taliban, then kind of yeah, you are in that general vicinity. We don't know for sure his real belief system, uh, but if you're agreeing with the Taliban, which by the way, breaking news today, they have more uh, territory in Afghanistan than at any point since 2001. <laughs> this guy's done a good job with terrorism though i'm glad he's coming Mm -hmm. out and preaching to us about how wrong we are about it uh but uh you know look i i uh, i think there is a line um where you can live next to a person who is a uh who is a um someone who's islamic and has somewhat radical views 
The question is, of course, if they start acting on that, which seemingly, uh, you know, we've seen, particularly when you're younger, it's much more common. Uh, that's obviously the issue. But you can't ban everyone who had, who goes to Islamic extremist websites. We've talked about that before. A, it might mm-hmm. mean that they're just doing research or whatever else. B, it also might mean that they're looking at this and they uh, decided against it. C, it might mean they kind of agree with it, but still aren't going to blow people up. They don't get arrested for kind of agreeing with it. I mean, that's how expansive your rights are here in, in, in the United States. It's at least what it's mm-hmm. supposed to be. You can be a real douche and uh, stay in public life. Ask I mean, Look at this. I mean, there's proof right there. Right there. Look at that. Right there. Just look at him. Down goes Frazier. Right there. Oh, so now I go to a couple of websites and I'm a bad guy? <laughs> well, okay. I mean, not just because of that, but there's a lot of reasons you're a bad guy. Yeah. You know that. Uh, you but know. by the way, you notice this is kind of a weird technology development that is not related to the case. But the upper left-hand corner, MySpace, it's funny because like people are smart enough now to say, well, I am on Facebook, but I'm not going to let anybody see this. So the media can't run to, to Facebook and take all the pictures I have on there. But they you know, had an old MySpace page, and no one protects their MySpace pages. I mean, they just was up there from several years ago and left up there. And like MySpace is now like the archive of the Internet for yeah. news organizations. Because anyone can go to MySpace and pull pictures off of there. And, and if you were of age back in the day, uh, lots of people had them. Uh, had mm-hmm. those pages, so it's kind of, it's kind of a funny uh, thing that keeps. This has happened multiple just times. An amazing yeah. thing because MySpace was so big, yeah. and for a while it yeah. was a couple years that MySpace was everything to my kids, and then all of a sudden, overnight, gone. it was gone because the hip new thing in the colleges was Facebook, mm-hmm. and they wanted to do what the college kids were doing, and so Facebook went everywhere and. Almost overnight destroyed MySpace. It's really amazing, isn't yeah. it? I remember, uh, I think it was News Corp that bought it for $500 million and then sold it for like 40 Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like yeah. worth less, I'm sure, than 40 Oh, it's got to be worth anyone, nothing. They now. tried to convert it to like a music site, which didn't work. And Justin Timberlake was one of the people who bought it, I think, from News really? Corp. Really? Yeah. He, was, he they, were still trying to do... What are you going to do with that? No. It's just too outdated. It's like, just outdated yeah. and unhip and uncool. And it's like, what was that original file sharing thing that everybody was Napster. doing? Napster. Yeah, Napster. Yeah. It was like a Napster. And they tried to bring that one back um, yeah. when it was. they made it legal and tried to bring it back, but it didn't really catch on. Over. Yep. It's funny because, uh, you know, with MySpace, some of the reports say that, like, now it's a uh, one of the favorites of some, some illicit activity. MySpace? Yeah, because really? it's still up. It's still functioning. Yeah. There's still, like, you can go on, and it's not, like, suspicious. Like, you go on Craigslist, you start posting ads about drugs, right? Or uh, an Orlando-style massacre in San Diego. Right, and we'll get to that here in just a second. It, that tends to get noticed. Yes. But no one's checking MySpace. So right. well, the only people checking MySpace are people who are looking for this particular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's become... Um, a, a way to communicate for like what particular thing are they looking for? Drugs is you know just drugs. I, yeah, I mean, but I think it's well. I mean, any, any anything you want to communicate about that is maybe a little bit not on Jeff, Jeffy style things. Okay, you know, <laughs> uh, just so sexual perversion and all sexual that kind of perversion. Stuff. You're, drugs, you're doing that alcohol. on MySpace now, Jeffy. For the yeah, most I mean, part, I don't really appreciate the word perversion. <laughs> But no, yes, I know, you know. But the, your answer is yes, but you just don't like <laughs> you don't like the word perversion. <laughs> All right, more Pat and Stu is uh, coming up. <laughs>
727 back patent stoop. So on Craigslist, there's a new drive now. Uh, and it apparently, and? Uh, San Diego's police are investigating an online threat oh, to San Diego's LGBT community that read, You're next. Uh, oh, here's the picture of it. Jeez. Wow, yeah. Uh, chilling. You're Pretty next. Chilling. We need more Orlandos, is apparently what it says. Um, Company hmm. by, well, you see the photo there. Orlando, the post read, Orlando was long overdue. Cleanse your community of the filth that gives decent gay men and women a bad name. Right. Those people were walking diseases, bug chasers, and thank God for AIDS and 9-11. And now Orlando, San Diego, you are next. Jeez, that is vile stuff. That is, although, what, so wow. what, what was the, uh, now, so my thought process here. You read a, a story like this, and you assume it's from someone who hates gay people, right? Kind of standard prayer, except, except for it's not. The, uh, be, I mean, again, the part that says decent gay, decent gay yeah. men and women. So, what was the thing that differentiated what they were doing? There I don't know. As the to, fact that they're at a club. Yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? I guess. I mean, I don't know. That's uh, a, you know, I would have so expected to just see anti- you, typical anti-gay nonsense. If you go dancing and have a few drinks, you're a terrible human being. Is that, I guess, that, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's an anti-drinking thing. <laughs> or staying up too late. Probably not. But maybe that was brought to us by the Temperance Society. <laughs> I doubt it. That's uh, a very strange <laughs> post. You know, you hope, uh, and again, this is a terrible thing to hope for, but you hope it's just some online idiot posting something. And it might be. Uh, these it things happen be. all the time. I mean, you know, lives are threatened online all the time. So someone was praying for my death just this morning on the, on the fancy internets. Uh, and it's yeah. very nice. I, I get I about ten of those it. a day, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it happens off the internet too. Sue. What's that? I, I just say I hear that it happens off the internet too. Why? So. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. Uh, I, it's uh, terrible. Hopefully, though, it's just a, an online idiot. Um, you know, mm. um, uh, it, uh, but you take it as seriously as if it is literally Omar Mateen tweet. You know, putting it out there like you take it seriously. Actually, more seriously than that. Yeah, well, they dead. can find out who did that, right? They can track that back to him. Uh, Craigslist is uh, pretty anonymous, Jeffy. You would say. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure that there's a due process you have to go through, right? Like, uh, I don't, to find out information from Craigslist, right? Yeah. Unless Craigslist wanted to give you that information, I don't think you could get it necessarily immediately. Um, you know, this is course the complaint of many of the people who on the republican side <clears throat> largely that say hey the whole uh you know edward snowden stuff is really bad that that happened because this is the sort of stuff we could probably get to the bottom of you know whether that's true or not is a whole nother situation and uh you know that doesn't mean, again just like with the guns doesn't mean you get rid of the fourth amendment mm-hmm. because you think you can do something that you that is beneficial that's not what happens these are things that are supposed to limit the power of the government, not enhance it. So, uh, you know, uh, this is, uh, we don't know if we're going to be able to get it. Um, you know, Craigslist uh, prides itself, I would say, Jeffy, um, on uh, 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 making, yes, making the anonymous possible. Um, in fact, there's entire anonymous sections of Craigslist that uh, are usually up on Jeffy's computer for some reason um, that are, uh, you know, very, the whole point of them is uh, anonymous. I think uh, the idea that uh, somebody could do something like this um, is, I mean, because it's on Craigslist, so it's a news story, but there's probably a thousand examples of this that you could find on Twitter or Facebook publicly posted. Mm -hmm. I mean, these things happen 
all. I mean, the death threat, it's, it's about 80% of tweets are death threats, which is saying, you know, just give me a number. Approximately 80%. Only about 40% of Facebook posts are death threats. Uh, so uh, that's, you know, they're much, much more, much safer. And MySpace, it's only 3%. That's why I use <laughs> wow. MySpace. It's actually much higher than that, but nobody knows. Because nobody's on <laughs> Nobody it. <plays>. So. <laughs> uh, CIA Director John Brennan will tell Congress uh, today that Islamic State militants are training and attempting to deploy operatives for further attacks on the West. Uh, in remarks to the Senate Intelligence Committee, um, he said ISIL has a large cadre of Western fighters who could potentially serve as operatives for attacks in the West. Uh, and I, I don't think there's too much surprise there. He said I, IS probably is working to smuggle them into countries, perhaps among refugee flows or through legitimate means of travel. Uh, it would, would it surprise anybody if they're trying to mingle with the refugees and get into the country that way? Of course not. And that's what Trump is trying to ban Muslims over because he doesn't, he doesn't want Muslims coming here for people from Muslim countries, countries that hate us. Uh, he's trying to ban Muslims coming into the... And, you know, when he gets into office, that's not going to happen anyway. No. Well, no it's just not going to happen. Uh, of course not. You know, and also, it's guaranteed... would not have done it. Just like the gun laws would not have done anything in this case. He's a U.S. citizen. Now, people right. would say, well, we, we need to ban uh, the parent then. The parent can't come here. Uh, well, that would mean you'd ban Donald Trump, too, because he's also the son of, of people who moved here. Mm -hmm. um, so... Uh, but I guess they moved here from a different region. Is that what you're going to do? So you're going to ban a different region? You're going to ban a different... I mean, you can't do this, obviously. Um, you can't do it constitutionally. You can't do it anyway. But I will say, but Trump... Oh, yeah, good point. Which ends every discussion, mm -hmm. you know, that you're having about Donald Trump mm -hmm. is, yeah, but Trump. We're and so far over. seeing that's not it's the over. case outside of the Republican primary, apparently. Uh, because uh, well, I have this uh, still, uh, we were talking about this off the air, and we never got to it on radio. Uh, this is interesting. So, uh, in general election matchups, mm -hmm. uh, how many times does a presumptive nominee um, go under 40%? Very rare. Actually. I'm going to say rare. hardly ever. Right. So, here are your, uh, here are your numbers. <clears throat> Uh, so Kerry was, uh, he was about 1.3% of the time. Under 40%. He got under, he was, he pulled under 40%. All right. Uh, Bush, 0.4% of the time. Obama in 2008, 1.9% of the time. Uh, McCain, 10% of the time. Really bad. And of course he was mm. destroyed, if mm -hmm. you remember in this election. 10%, mm -hmm. uh, he had 10%. Obama in 2012, 0%. Never was under 40% wow. uh, of the vote. Uh, Romney, 4.6% of the time he was under and 40%. He got beaten. And he was beaten handily. Um, you know, it was fairly close, but mm -hmm. generally handily. Uh, Hillary, so far, 6% of the time. So a little bit more uh -huh. than, than Mitt Romney. Um, Donald Trump, 30% of the time. It's actually 30.1% of the time. Um, you know, that's uh Does that mean for sure? That's that only to, three times more than McCain, who was destroyed, who was destroyed. in 2008. That's only three times more. But this is going to go well, I think. Oh, um, you know, I, oh come on. Um, his uh, unfavorability rating among African-Americans, huh? this is a new one, too, uh, 94%. 
not not as not people voting against him, which is all you know, it's already bad for Republicans. But his unfavorability. Remember, this is a guy who said, "I love the blacks. I'm a good friend of the blacks." The blacks don't seem to think that for whatever reason. <laughs> the blacks are not on board. Well, I guess well, he pointed he pointed out his African American. He of the did speeches. point out his African American. He, he does speech. apparently have one. He does so, have one. Good for him. And maybe even a few more. Uh, He's only got a ninety four percent disapproval. I thought that was made illegal to to have one, but uh, <laughs> he has the one. He at least has. <laughs> he the does one. have one because he said, "There's here's my African American." Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Yeah, but Trump. More Pat and Stu coming up in a minute. That's, actually, that's an down. interesting yeah. point yeah. you brought up. And I actually think it's better than my point. Uh, uh, by a lot. Yeah, but yeah. Trump. By a lot. Yeah. But Trump. Hey, you know, I've been wondering who is Oprah going to vote for this time and why? Uh, I never I never place my vote until I know exactly who Oprah is going to vote for. Yeah. And then I vote for the opposite person. And it's not like she just like makes these decisions willy-nilly. She runs no. it through her genital-based voting system. <laughs> um, and... Uh, that's her genital genital based voting system. Yes, uh, it actually yeah. goes and, and te- checks all the g- genitals of all the candidates. Has she indeed checked the genitals of Hillary Clinton? I well, I mean, she, she's like, she's just releasing an endorsement without no, checking you're the right. genitals. No, she'd have of to course check. She's checking the genitals. Here's, here's Oprah Is that film on for that. the O Network. It's a seminal moment for women. What do you think about us possibly having the first female president? I really believe that that is going to happen. And this is the truth. America, it's about time that we made that decision. What this says is that there is no ceiling. That ceiling has went, boom, you know? It says anything is possible. Yes, when you can be leader of the free world. There's such a ceiling. I, I, I couldn't care less about that. I want the best possible person. If that person happens to be a woman, and it's certainly not Hillary, but if that person were a woman, fine. I don't care. But why would I want specifically a woman? I don't care about that. I don't care if it's a man, a woman, black, white, Hispanic. I want the best person. How many times have Republicans proven that? I mean, we had this huge uh, pool of candidates from every diverse background we had two black people two hispanics a woman an indian american i mean we had such diversity and uh the democrats had all whiteies you know (laughs) we don't care about that no we don't care about we just want the ideology i mean you know and obviously we all long for the days where this was possible but i would you know if how great would it be right now if you could make a little trade to, let's say, have Carly Fiorina be oh, the uh, nominee oh, for the gosh. party right now? I would be, I would be thrilled. I would give my left giblet that. for that. To yes, happen. exactly. And it's like I would, would literally would, donate my giblet. Would Oprah be talking about glass ceilings? No. My guess is no. No, uh, no she, she would, would not. not. Uh, so maybe she it isn't a, a genital-based voting system after all. 
because it really isn't about. I mean, it, it's you can't be a real woman to people like Oprah if you are a Republican, if you are a conservative. Uh, that's true. That's true. Uh, you're just you know, or a real black person, right? Like, I mean, at the same Alan end, West would she vote for Alan West? No, of course not. No, of course not. And again, it's funny too to see. The same arguments were made when Barack Obama was elected. We finally, we finally, we've proven that black people are capable of anything in this crappy society that we have that has restricted them for so long. Mm-hmm. But those arguments didn't go away. Uh, we, the racial, racial animus got much worse. Much. Um, and we've proved that with polls. Uh, we, we made that case a few weeks ago, um, and I don't have them in front of me now. But the, the, the racial tensions and is it you know is there racial tensions in this country? The polls are through the roof because of Barack Obama and the way he's handled these things. He did all the things you could say negative about Barack Obama. One thing we and we knew he was the guy who we knew who he was before he was elected, and we told you about it, and everybody here knew it. But he did actually have an opportunity to heal he racial sure divides. He, sure he actually, did. unlike any white person ever can, he did have that opportunity. It, he just chose platter. To, to, to light it on fire. But he had the opportunity uh, and obviously did not want to utilize it. But he did have the opportunity. And so there can be progress in situations like that. It's just not interesting to someone like Barack Obama or, you know, Many others who are endorsing him today. Mm-hmm. Sad um, exclamation point. Yeah, very much so. Very sad. Uh, Ted Cruz attended a dinner with more than 20 leading conservatives. I, I wonder who these 20 were, but uh, they wanted Ted to. Ted was there. Yeah, Ted was there. You were right, uh, Jeffy. We were talking about this off air earlier. Uh, to flesh out his comeback as a movement standard bearer in the order of uh, Ronald Reagan. The dinner is reported by The Hill held at the Virginia home of Brent Bazell, founder of uh, Media Research Center, mm-hmm. uh, was intended to discuss his future. Many uh, at the dinner equated uh, Cruz's position in the party to that of Reagan, who lost in 76 and then, you know, obviously won in, in 1980. Uh, which is, So it would be similar to him losing this year and then coming back in 2020. One of the specifics, uh, specific purposes of the meeting was to determine how best to position him as a future candidate, dining with Cruz and his chief of staff, Paul Teller, were some of the senior most leaders of the con- conservative movement. Hmm. Uh, fascinating. That's uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, uh, look, I, you know, obviously that's something smart to do uh, when you go through a big yeah. life event to. Uh, and unfortunately for this one, it didn't uh, d- did not work out for for Ted the way he wanted it to. But I mean, you know, I think he made a real prog- uh, real progress. He's obviously the guy who is the standard bearer of the conservative because there's multiple fast, uh, you know, sort of lanes as we've been calling them uh, that opposed Donald Trump. But he was the one that was the most successful uh, and the leader of the real conservative sort of wing of the party at this point, um, which I'm completely comfortable with and happy about. Um, so, you know, what do you do next? That's a smart thing to do to plan. It doesn't mean that he's like some, you know, I'm a hardcore politician that always has to be in the limelight. I don't think that's the way it is. I think you do need somebody leading in yeah. that movement politically, though. I think so, too. Kind of interesting, too. Rubio is said to be reconsidering leaving the Senate. And they're saying that he could relaunch, he could launch a campaign for Senate as soon as next week. 
In fact, it was, I think it would have to be wow. next week because there's a five-year deadline. Because there's a deadline, right? Um, and one of his opponents, I believe, has already said, like, if Rubio's in, I'm, I'm out. I'd, I'd be happy to support Rubio. Oh, nice. Um, so I think that, that doesn't mean he would just necessarily walk to the to the uh, Senate seat, but he probably almost definitely probably win, though. the guy. I, uh, yeah, the polling's pretty close, actually. But, Is it really? Yeah. I think, he, I think he would have a good chance of winning. War patents, too, is uh, inevitable. What do you think? Back. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, Obama, too much fanfare, just arrived in Orlando. He's going to console the victims and do all that. Uh, he left in a motorcade with, I don't know, <laughs> 95 or 100 vehicles. I don't know how many there were. Literally, there had to be at least 20 and maybe 30. And the people in downtown in this Orlando motorcade. are really happy about it. <laughs> oh, you know they are. And so he's got stretch limos, and, and they're armored. A stretch armored limo probably gets... Three to five miles a gallon. Then there were SUVs. Then there were vans. Then there were uh, harder uh, uh, reinforced vehicles in, in this caravan. If your big deal is, ter- is climate change and it's more dangerous, a bigger threat to national security than even terrorism, what are you doing with a convoy like that? Seriously, why? First of all, no need to go. Air Force One just burned a bunch of fuel that you don't need to burn mm-hmm. and put a bunch of CO2 into the atmosphere that shouldn't be there. And then you're doing this with this motorcade. Uh, you don't need to go. Do it on Skype. Do it on Skype. Have everybody gather in one place. I'm sure they would. And you talk to them one on one on Skype because I'm sorry, global warming, climate change is just too drastic an issue. Again, I mean, it seems. Uh, petty, and I'm sure people would accuse it of being accused. It's, that, it's it, not. But wait a minute, it's they're, not. Yeah, they're saying they're the ones who say we're saying, on the brink of disaster. They're saying the people who were killed in mm-hmm. that nightclub, yeah. the thing that killed them is less important than global warming. So exactly why are you right. going to fly to see the victims of that crime and meet with, and meet with the people in the hospital and the families of the victims? Why are you doing that if the threat exactly. you said is worse, you're contributing to? We are always told it's catastrophic and it's now. Mm. Then you better stop these stinking trips all over the place. With caravans of vehicles that are gas guzzlers, that are belching CO2 into the atmosphere. Skype it. Skype it. Skype it. <laughs> I, I don't know how you make uh, how you. I don't I mean, know how that's not a compelling argument. What ego do you have? And this goes not just for the president, but anybody who believes about global warming. If you go to dinner with somebody, what ego do you have that your presence with this other person at dinner that you might have drove half an hour for is more important than the right. biggest threat. You're the hug Barack Obama will give, and he will mean it, I believe. He will mean it, and he will feel terrible for these people, and he sure. legitimately does. And he, it probably will be important to them. 
But is it more important than the future of the planet? <laughs> no. Of course not. No, nothing is more important. A than hug, that, right? It's nothing. There's nothing not. more important than that. Yeah. And that's what we're continually, continually told by the Leonardo DiCaprios of the world, the uh, Al Gore's of the world. And by the way, he shouldn't be going to these conferences all over the world and flying oftentimes on private jets to win awards. He, he yeah. should pick up his award uh, in the mail. And he should be doing these conferences on Skype. To be honest, they you shouldn't even be send there. it. That's more global warming. They shouldn't even mail it to Exactly him. right. They should just, you know what? You want to Skype him? Yeah, we probably get away with that. But you shouldn't even really make the award. Because not. even the production of, of the award <laughs> is going to Is uh, contributing is to the problem. To this. I, I mean, the new Al Gore is probably Tom Steyer. We're going to talk about him in a couple weeks uh, on one of our serials. Um, but this guy's the biggest right now, the biggest donor political donor uh, in the country, bigger than the Kochs, bigger than any of the other liberal donors, even Soros right now. He is the biggest. And his big, big issue is climate change. Mm -hmm. And he's continually harping on climate change, climate. The guy's got six homes. Six. Are you kidding me? Amazing. If you believe we're on the verge of catastrophic global warming and... I don't care if you're a billionaire or not and you could afford all these homes. You shouldn't have them. No. Should not have them because you're contributing to the problem. I mean, far more than anybody else on uh, on earth, right? Except other people with six and seven and eight homes. Yeah. Uh, how do you get away with that? I mean, they talk all the one about how evil we are. I ain't got six homes. I mean, no. I'll take them, but I ain't got six homes. I ain't got six homes. And I ain't got homes. six homes. do not begrudge any billionaire his luxuries no except when that billionaire is babbling to me all the time about income inequality about and climate change those two things then you know shut your mouth and stop your hypocrisy i don't want to hear it uh what i do want to hear though is from uh, glenn and um and jonathan rabbi jonathan khan who was on the show last night this guy wrote the harbinger have you ever you've read the book yep. too haven't you a great book and it, i highly recommend it so uh, they talked about where America stands morally and uh, what we're on the brink of. Check it out. So the idea behind the Harbinger mm -hmm. is um, September 11th, the Lord wakes mm -hmm. us up and shakes us to our core mm -hmm. and says, turn around. And he, it's 11 uh, Harbingers, right? 11. Nine. 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 And he gives us nine wakenings. Yes. You know, wake up, yes. wake up. And we've blown through the nine. Mm. So now, so now what? So now what? If, if you ask me in my, my own reasoning, is there hope? Looking on television, I would say it doesn't look like there's any hope of America turning. It doesn't look like it. But with God, there's always hope. But I'll tell you one, I'll tell you one thing that I think will be cool and for your audience, too. That is beyond, beyond, actually behind history that you never hear in the news. But remember, Glenn, when everything kind of late 70s with Carter, everything was falling apart. And then there was this gigantic change. Morning in America, America resurging economically, mm -hmm. politically, Soviet Union falls. And that happened through, with Reagan. But what people don't realize is, because I remember it, when everything was at its worst, hostages in Iran, everything falling apart, uh, we sent in helicopters and they crashed. There was a call for a gathering of repentance of believers based on... If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their ways, I'll hear from heaven, I'll heal their land. So it's called Washington for Jesus. They gathered on the mall of Washington, I mean like a million Christians. 
And I remember I was there. I just became a believer. It was after the train. And I was there on that mall. And there were two prayers they prayed for more than any other. One is where the Pentagon had failed, God himself would release the hostages from Iran. Two, everybody put their hands towards the capital where the, you know, the terrorist was and say, God, put whom you want in office. Now, there was an election about nine months later and there was a revolution. It was that's where Ronald Reagan came in with people of faith and this whole thing calling for a, a spiritual revival. When he was on that, first of all, he changed the place where the inauguration was supposed to be. It was since Jackson, it was on the east side. He changed it to the western side, which is where they prayed hmm. and where everybody was pointing to. And he's now standing there. And, and he, in that hour of his inauguration, the prayer of the hostages were released in that hour. But not only that, and that was the change of history, began a whole change. He had his hand on the Bible. And when he took the oath of office, his hand was on the Bible. What was it? It was on, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. God was saying, I hear, I am real. I take my word seriously. If my people, I can, I can change history. And he did. It began there. Began with that prayer. You won't hear it on the news, but that's where it began. And so it could happen again. The question, Glenn, is will it? Are there, is that, it, are people, will God's people come together? Will God's people repent? Will God's people humble themselves? Will we take this seriously? And will we not compromise now? That's the thing. So will it? That's a big if. If my people is, begins with an if. I don't think we even know our faith anymore. I really don't think there's very many people that, you know, there's no statistical difference between an atheist uh, and a Christian in, in, in divorce rates, uh, drinking, all of, you know, all of the social mm-hmm. problems. Mm-hmm. There's no statistical difference. None. Well, that's, that doesn't speak well. And I think th- and there's something to it because, you know, Jesus said, you're the light of the world. Now, 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 if we were the light of the world, if the church in America was the light of the world it was supposed to be, why is it so dark? And he says, if it's the salt of the earth, why is it so corrupt? Why, is it, why have things gotten so decayed if we were the salt? And I think there's a, a link there because you cannot have all this happening unless you're having something else in the church that's not happening. Yeah. And one of the things that America has gone into our American church is into a me gospel, you know, that, you know, God, me, he's my personal trainer. God is going to make you more successful. That's what it's all about. No, that's not what it's all about. God will bless as you follow him, but it's about God. It's about turning. It's about him. And you cannot, you cannot be the light of the world if you dilute the gospel. And unfortunately that it's become a, a materialistic me centered thing. And that's the problem. God though will use a remnant. It just takes a few, but where are those few? I don't know. Yeah. But I do think of Gideon an awful lot. Yes. Uh, 300. Yeah. And he chased everybody else away. That's right. That's right. But where are the Gideons? God's looking for that. But we are at, we are at the point where without that, Glenn, we're at a critical point. And we don't racing. turn. What does America look like in five years? <clears throat> I believe uh, even more godless than now. I mean, as we're watching, because what's happened is it is rapidly. What's happening is the pace is accelerating. The That's crazy. what happened. We mentioned that, that, you know, there, you know, if we tip this thing over, you get to this point where you don't have to do much anymore. You just touch it and it goes over with this election coming up. You don't need another activist president because it's already rolling down the hill. All you need is someone who won't stop it. 
that's it. So we are, and it'll accelerate. So I believe even more godless, if we don't, uh, persecution of believers, uh, children raised, indoctrinated into ways against God from the beginning. We're already beginning to see this. I mean, children shows, uh, indoctrinating them into immorality. I mean, um, and where God's hand of judgment is, that's, that's his to decide. But we are, we are, the template has not, the template is continuing. The, the template of the judgment of Israel, we are following it to the T. I wish we weren't, but we are. And so we, will, we are heading towards that. When it comes, that's in God's hands. Until then, it is heading away from God. And it's, everyone who names the name of, of Jesus will be tested. Where are you going to be during all this? <laughs> I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm planning on leaving. Um, but I will, I will be preaching the gospel and, and standing and not, and by God's grace, I will stand. We have to stand. Just, we cannot move. And we were talking before, you know, there, people are so intimidated, you know, and so afraid because of this political correctness. We have to speak the truth no matter what. You know, one of the things about this, you remember, you know, we, we sing a song, these are the days of Elijah. Well, the days of Elijah were days of a nation in apostasy against its own foundation. And they were hunting the prophets. They were, they were hunting down God's people. It was illegal. But Elijah was not moved by that. You know, Elijah, you know, Ahab, the king, went up to him and said, you, you troubler of Israel. And he said, I'm not the troubler of Israel. You are. I'm standing on the Lord. You know, and, and one man changed the history of that nation. So we have to be strong. We have to not bow down to Baal. We have to not compromise. These are not the days to be quiet. Be, these are the days to shine. I said, you know, if you're at the, if it's the night, then let the light shine because that's when the candle is going to be seen across the world. In the daytime, you don't see it. Nighttime, it lights up the world. I wrote a book four years ago, five years ago, called um, "The Eye of Moloch," mm. and uh, and it as I was reading scriptures, uh, Baal and Moloch mm. stood out. Yes. And as I did more research, I thought, now this is a fiction novel, but it is set in contemporary times. And it is a, uh, you know, it's my way of trying to explain what's happening in the world. And uh, I don't think people are intentionally doing this. Maybe some are, but people aren't intentionally doing this. But it doesn't matter. We are worshiping Moloch and Baal right now. Our country as a nation is literally, I mean, with Baal, they mm. used to have these orgies mm. and to uh, make a sacrifice, you would, you would, the pregnant woman would come and abort the child and deliver that dead child to, to mm. Baal. I mm. mean, yes. that was a governmental kind of ritual. I mean, it was, it, it's crazy what's yes. happening. We're doing the same thing without knowing it. Yes. And exactly. And, you know, I mentioned we were talking earlier, John Winthrop, when he spoke about the city on the hill at the beginning, he warned, he said, if we follow God, we'll be the most exalted people on earth. Happened, came true. Because we are to be like Israel was. But if we turn away from our God to other gods, then the judgments that came on Israel will come upon us. And, you know, there's a progression in that, Glenn, you know, because you had Baal, that you had Ashtoreth, and you had Moloch. I mean, you had this kind of tr- a dark trinity. Mm-hmm. Baal was first the, the substitute God. We turn away from God, we turn to increase prosperity over God. But then you have Ashtoreth, leads to Ashtoreth, she's the God of sexual immorality. You know, and you have that's you can trace it with America. Then you end up with Moloch, the god of death and destruction, where you have children offered up and offered up. One of the not only what you just said is is very pertinent, but 
Israel literally was judged. They were destroyed for that sin, mm -hmm. for offering up their children. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it happened in 1973, which was a year of the Shemitah. Mm -hmm. Shemitah also means the fall. And you had another fall this year with, with what happened in the Supreme Court. And this summer, you had this whole big expose of our selling the parts of babies. Did that stop our funding of it? No. So we couldn't even stop that. And that's one of the things of judgment. Another thing is, and it's interesting that you brought this up because I, they might have the, the image for your, for your audience that one of the signs of judgment was the sign of idols and images of the gods in the last days of Israel. Well, we don't call them gods, but they are, they are the same thing. But something happened in the same summer when the Supreme Court ruled in New York City, an image of a false god appears, appears, it's, it's the largest image of a false god oh, in, in, in history. Let's do that. Let's do that. Part, part two of part two. Jonathan Kahn. That was inter really interesting. I mean, he was no, on really radio was. yesterday, too. Sorry, my uh, headphones fell out there. Um, uh, he, he was on radio uh, as well yesterday and, uh, and walked us through mm. some of that stuff. I mean, Glenn, Glenn's a... It's an, those are interesting interviews. Glenn, yeah. you know, because I think those are the things Glenn likes to do on the air. Like, yes. He likes... Yes. You know, he does the show every day, and he talks about the most important news of the day. Um, but to him, the thousand year outlook from you know the uh, proverbial uh, 50,000 feet sort of you're above it you're looking down you're seeing the big picture that's what really interests Glenn he yeah. likes those interviews where the, you know mm -hmm. really smart people where he can mm -hmm. talk about those big picture issues yeah in a very focused way and that was uh, that shows always uh, available as everyone is we like talking about basketball and football and baseball for that matter uh, so there is a little bit of a difference there but uh, I like talking about it in an in-depth way with smart people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. True. I like that. Uh, we do like that. So, Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Beck. Uh, you can give your chauffeur the day off pretty soon. Um, Rolls Royce has unveiled its driverless car of the future, complete with AI, AI assistant Eleanor. Uh, the the world of autonomous vehicles just got a little more luxurious. Rolls Royce unveiled uh, their supercar. It's dubbed futuristic and it looks like it could have come straight out of batman's cave it's the rolls royce 103 ex it'll be uh six meters long why, why do they put these british measurements on <laughs> american stories of course what, i the guess the rolls is from it's the daily mail it's a daily mail uh, wow that's oh, that looks cool doesn't it no, no you don't think so dumb looking it's really dumb i looking. think that's kind of cool too. Thank no, you. that's oh my gosh! I don't like stop. What now the inside looks pretty sweet. I'll that's, give you that. Yeah, that's nice. Why uh, do they, don't they have, the outside like that for? Don't yeah. they have big screen? Yep, they do have big screen. Uh, okay, good. Uh, so that would be that would be nice, wouldn't it? That'd be, that'd be <laughs> on nice. the way in. That's a nice drive. I will say that's though, a I, the nice outside of that is drive. Horrific. That looks bad. Yeah, it looks I bad. don't know about if that. The wheel wells were not square. Yeah, the wheel okay. wells are stupid. They need to do something about that. That's stupid. The rest like, of the car looks great. Did you forget to finish the I, design? I know. What was the <laughs> yeah, it looks like you've got square wheels, and maybe they thought that was cool. Um, I, I, would, I would tend to disagree. 
I would tend to disagree with that uh, analysis about what? the square wheels looking cool. They don't. Yeah, no, they don't. Maybe they thought it did. Right. It does I not. I would tend to disagree with them, not you. Yes, okay. I would tend to disagree with them. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> but they're calling it the ultimate concept car, so I doubt. Concept cars a lot of times. They never come around. I mean, I, some of them, some of the, you, you look at the concept cars from like eight years ago, they're never, some of them are made, but they're not made the same way. They don't look the same way. I'm sure they'll get rid of the square wheel thing. Uh, BMW. I didn't know this either. Did you know BMW owns Rolls Royce? I didn't know that. I don't know if I knew that. Jeff, you own a you own a Rolls. What, did did not I don't, that? and you're just rubbing it in because we were talking uh, about Rolls Royces earlier, and I was really upset that I don't own one. We were talking about one because I I was driving right next to it, one. Just, it's frustrating that I don't have one. I was I was driving right next to one on the way to work um, yesterday or sometime, and and I couldn't believe cause I hardly so nice. ever see Rolls. In Texas, you see a lot of great cars. You see Bentleys all the time. Maseratis. I see a lot of Maseratis here. I think we've talked yeah, about that Yeah, there's a number before. of Maseratis. Um, but I, a lot of Teslas, the new Teslas. Teslas the all the time. But I never see Rolls, and, and so it was a little unusual to see a big four-door Rolls-Royce. Uh, I thought, wow, that's... There's two or three that I see often, and yeah. then there's one uh, kind of sporty Rolls that I mm-hmm. see often uh, at one of the... Local uh, gas. Amazingly, a Rolls Royce still needs gas. Really? I know. So they do have to stop and get gasoline. Mm-hmm. So there's one guy that I see once in a while at this gas station, not far from these studios, with this little two door Rolls. It is gorgeous, hmm. man. It I is mean, you know, they're nice. expensive cars. They should be nice. I've never. It's never been my style. I just. It's too. Yeah. I mean, that's why I went with the Chevy Impala, Stu. That's why I went with the Impala because I said, you know, eh. They're nice, but they're not Chevy Impala. <laughs> they're not no, they're, that's true. They are no Chevy. <laughs> they they are no true. Chevy Impala. Uh, the 2016 <laughs> Rolls Royce Phantom is uh, it clocks in around uh, four hundred seventeen thousand dollars. And you really said you? I was I know, sure you no. said you don't have a Rolls. <laughs> no, I don't. Huh. No. You can buy a damn nice house for four hundred and seventeen thousand. Yeah, especially down in here. Texas. Yeah, yeah. You'd get a pretty good used price out of Rolls, I bet. They'd probably oh, get you'd that. probably get that for two fifty. You know, a couple I years know. down the road, you'd probably buy the twenty sixteen model in twenty eighteen for two fifty three hundred. See, <laughs> put a couple <laughs> bucks away, I might, yeah. I might get that. Yeah, you might uh, in <laughs> the year thirty nine thousand three hundred and twelve. Never, you might. <laughs> um, I just want to. I just want credit for uh, going through this entire discussion about roles and not making a Jeffy a rolls of rolls fat. But, fat, but the, but the sad point is that you did. No, so I, you don't I get didn't. credit because you did. No, I didn't. <laughs> but you did. No, I just, I just, just said by I didn't. saying you didn't, you did. No, no, so no. and by the you way, Jeffy, don't get credit. By the that. way, Jeffy, on this similar note, I, I just want to say, uh, I just want to say to you, I appreciate your congratulations for me getting the Orlando attacks right and and with their uh, with Islamic terrorism. But that's not what I'm. I'm not looking for congratulations. I'm just looking for vigilance. <laughs> Thank that you, is Donald. the same freaking Thank you. thing, isn't it? Same it, thing. It's, a, that's, it's as transparent as my Rolls joke on Jeffy. Thank you. Is it everything Donald Trump says. Mm-hmm. By the way, easy. $234,900 uh, for a four sedan from tw- uh, four-door sedan from Rolls uh, for uh, 2015. But you can go. Let's for last year's oh, model. Wow. Here's the cheapest I'm one. I'm not settling for last year's 1967 model. 1967 <laughs> Rolls Royce, 32,000 miles, uh-huh. 28 grand. See? You're all over that, Jeffy. I mean, what year is it? Not 28 grand, but maybe you could talk about uh, 1967. 
See the sixty-seven. That'd be great to have. Those are cool looking. Man. They are cool. See, let's see the, the older my... ones are actually. They're more identifiable as rules. I mean, if you don't see the emblem on the front. So the, the sad thing is with that is that you, you pay 28000 for that rules and you think you got a great deal, but it's going to cost you 28000 to get it fixed every People every forget year. about that part of the, uh, the cost, plan. the maintenance of these luxury, especially a rolls. It's pretty rare. I mean, yes. keeping them maintained yes. is pricey. All right, here's, yes. here's one Real for pricey. you. Now, you want to get Jeffy into a Rolls Royce. You can't drive a Mercedes. You, if you own a Mercedes, drive by a Mercedes dealer, they ding your account 500 bucks. Yeah, just for the drive Just for the drive Really? It's just one of the computer checks. Oh, yeah. we're just scanning to make sure your car was okay. $500. <laughs> that would be a good, that's like a new policy. Yeah. Um, uh, you can get right now. I've got something for you here, Jeffy. Oh boy. Now this is it's not quite the exact. It's not quite the 2016. But what I have here for you is a 1987 Rolls Royce Silver Spirit. Ooh. Okay. There are a few minor paint scratches and uh, chips. Some are there. Will be a little allow that on the road. They're going to be a little break work. Okay. Mm-hmm. The condition mm-hmm. in the interior, however, excellent, very gently used. Uh, right now, you can bid on this uh, wonderful uh, e- uh, automobile on eBay, $3,605. Really? Wow. There you go. Does it have tires? Oh, it that has must, tires. That must be it's in blue. terrible condition. No, it's not. It says it's just a few Come minor pa- I mean, the pictures uh, no, are nice. It says. No, no, no. I'm surprised Rolls allows that on the roads. They just don't buy it back. Yeah. <laughs> it's a funny policy just to buy back all the crappy cars that you sold. This is amazing. No, nah, I mean, there's a lot. I, I mean, you could always do this. You can always find, a, you know, cheap versions. It's just a matter of your right. The maintenance is killing you. Yeah. Uh, but the, oh, and the reserve is not met yet on that one. But there's only one day left in the auction. So the one I saw yesterday was the Phantom. And that, seriously, new. $417,000. Golly, that's a lot of money. It sure is. Even, wow! Even for that nice of a car, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I know it's, it's nice, money. but you know, I, I, that's and it's probably like driving your living room around town. But uh, is that worth it, really? How much time do you spend in your car? Uh, you Not spend enough. quite a bit. I, if your commute is long, yeah. but the guy lives okay, so somewhere by me, so right, it's so a twenty-five minutes. minute commute. If he's li- maybe maybe a little bit longer if he's in Dallas, right? If he's yeah, going to okay, Dallas, yes, maybe working in Dallas. So you're looking maybe. at what, maybe forty-five minutes? Maybe forty-five. So you're times. looking at maybe an hour and a half a day. You want to get something? Look, I mean, I again, as we said with Tom Steyer, I begrudge no one uh, their right, luxuries. Their luxury. I mean, That's they can do whatever the hell they want with their own right, money. Right. Uh, but it, I, I think, in my choice, I don't think I'm ever buying a Rolls. Like I, you know, there are certain things. Like, would I buy a Bugatti? Yeah. I yeah, I was just going to bring up the that. Bugatti. If I'm going to, if yeah. I'm going to, if money is no object, yeah. that's the car. I'd like that's where I'm going. Uh, yeah, but I'm it's going a two there. million dollar uh, car. Yeah. There's, and there's several in that general vicinity. There's actually one that's faster now, supposedly. The good thing about Rolls Royce is that it's fat guy seating. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. The Bugatti, not fat. Not and not so very much. low to the ground too. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, what I again? I'm not. I'm not commuting in my Bugatti. Like, if you if you could afford a million, one point five million dollar car, you're probably not driving That's it all true. that often. You're driving it only on no. certain occasions. My neighbor who owns his Ferrari, um, he just pulled it out of the garage, and I love it when he does this because <laughs> I get a really good look at it. Uh, but he pulled it out and was hand washing it. 
with his microfiber. They actually did hand washing it. I bought my car, which is no 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 Ferrari by any means as far yeah. as expense goes. And they made this. They sent me this packet to my house. It's like, this is a car washing packet. We recommend your first wash is by hand. Screw you! I just spent all this money on a car and bring it to the car, the gas station. I know, I know, but he he does it by hand, and that's about the only time I see the car because he never takes it out. Right? It's like I don't I mean, want to. I don't want to buy month, something to maybe, wash. It just sits in his garage because he's also got a Mercedes and a. Uh, um, <laughs> this is nice. This guy's uh, got some cash. An Escalade. Yeah. So he's got an Escalade, a Mercedes, and a Ferrari. Yeah, they've. They've got some cash, and it's. And, but the the Ferrari is beautiful, but he never drives it. If I if I had a Ferrari, I, I wouldn't be able to resist. I'd, I'd drive it every day. Well, first of all, Pat, drive it every you, day. You wouldn't drive it every day. The, what you should say is you would drive it every day until they took your license away. <laughs> yes, that is true. Because yeah. can you imagine oh my in my God. in my stupid sedan now? I've got fifteen tickets. <laughs> Can you imagine a, a car that went that fast? <laughs> Holy crap. It would not crap. be good. Triple eight seven two seven back more patents too. You, you wouldn't make one commute without no, losing your license. No, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Wow, everyone's back. <laughs> you caught us unawares. We, we we didn't know. You know, our boss is out of town, and we, we're not supposed to be selling things for this amount. We've got prices so low today, we can't even say them on the radio. <laughs> Why? We can tell you. The sale's going to stop at 2 p.m. Right. here before that. You know why? Our crazy uncle that owns the business is coming in. He took and- over. <laughs> or, or something. I always love that idea. Free I- hot dogs. Hi. Everybody comes in and says hi. Hi, I'm a completely untrustworthy, <laughs> crazy person in the family. But my, the person who is trustworthy and competent has left town. So I'm going to lower the prices too low to make any sense. And you should buy your second largest investment from us because... They let me in control. Oh. Are you authorized to do this, crazy Absol- Uncle Bob? Absolutely not. It's a federal crime what I'm doing. But come on down. <laughs> That's all happening here today on Patton Stew. Again, price is so low, we can't even legally say them on the radio. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Uh, <laughs> so sad. I don't know why that would be. I don't know either. I don't um, know why that would be. Be, so uh, many people <clears throat> would uh, balk at the thought of paying uh, $10,000 for a sandwich. Would you agree with that? No. Yet the majority of Americans uh, pay a similar markup for a bottle of water. And we're all in this bandwagon at this point. Like, uh, we're, we're all there. And we never thought. I mean, can you imagine? 70s and 80s, we, we would have thought this is the dumbest thing. Americans will never pay $1.50 or $2 for a bottle of water. Shut yeah, up. Exactly. And that's the, um, Come this on. is a story from Priceonomics, uh, uh, which is a great website, by the way. It's uh, not one that gets passed around. I've got to check that out. I don't know that I'm familiar with Priceonomics. Just a lot, of, just, cool, yeah, a lot of cool stuff like hmm. this. Uh, Americans uh, weren't always so open-minded about opening their wallets for water. Mere for decades sure. ago, they would have laughed at paying an astronomical markup 
up for a liquid that flows freely, uh, usually safely, from their taps at home. Um, however, uh, that all began to change in the 1970s with a crazy idea from a Frenchman who wanted Americans to buy fizzy water in green glass bottles shaped like bowling pins. His company, <laughs> of course, Perrier. Yeah. Now, if I were to tell you, uh, is, is there any Perrier in this building? Uh, the answer to that would be yes, because Glenn has bought into this marketing campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he drinks it all the time. Um, his company was Perrier, and uh, carefully constructed, impeccably timed advertisements paved the way for one of the greatest feats or scams, depending on who you ask, in marketing history. Uh, they had they tried to convince uh, convince Americans that they wanted to drink Perrier. The uh, chairman of um, of the of the company uh, had purchased the company back in 1947. Uh, he uh, started the transformation with television ads in the spring of 1977. So this is a long build. Mm. Um, they were straightforward, but ear-catching and eye-catching. The company spent $2.5 million on the, uh, to $5 million on the campaign. It's about uh, almost $20 million in today's That's money. a lot of money. Yeah. Sure. That's a lot of money on a risky uh, bargain like that. You yeah, know? it kind of is. Because I mean, you... It's ballsy. In 77, nobody... Again, we didn't think anybody would ever pay for water. All right. I mean, other than free. your water bill, I mean, it, everyone pays a little bit for water. But the difference with Perrier is it's it's the carbonation, right? It's, yeah, so it's that is a different which, product. But I don't like that. I don't Do like it like either. That? No, that I like the, makes me that grosses me out. Now I love uh, carbonation in beverages, yes. as you know, but yes. I just I'm not a fan of it in in water. Me, me neither. I, I don't think it helps. It needs to have flavor when it has carbonation. I don't know why. I I wish I could get into. You know, because mm -hmm. it would be a nice another option to drink. Although, uh, you know, I'll never leave my my diet my diet soda, of course. Just... Of course, of course. Oh, sorry. You but you could do both. But I could do both. Um, so uh, that's kind of an interesting thing. I didn't know it came from Perrier. I, you know, I, I don't mm -hmm. know that I would have guessed that, but I guess that's what paved. People started thinking it was a luxury product, and then when it became cheaper. Oh. Uh, Go ahead. I remember this from because Orson Welles started selling Perrier, mm. and he had that. No wonder Glenn deep. drinks it. A yep. deep, uh. booming voice. Mm -hmm. And he would say, more quenching, more refreshing, and a mixer par excellence. I kind of, I don't remember the exact words, but I remember him selling mm. Perrier. And that was in 1979. And he would say that as a bubbling stream cascaded from that green, weird bottle. Give, give me a little more of the uh, Orson Welles. Into a clear goblet. More quenching, more refreshing. At a mixer par excellence. And keep going. There's a couple more lines in there. <laughs> Naturally sparkling. <laughs> I like this. From the center of the earth. This sounds good. And then he wrapped up with uh, wrapped up the ad with a single word. Perrier. Mmm. Yeah. I, and I'm, he rolled I'm his R that. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm drinking that. Yeah. And I mean, it worked until I drank it and didn't like it, but I would try it once. <laughs> no. <laughs> I. I remember thinking, yeah, that sounds really good, I and remember, it's French. Yeah, I was going to say, I you was going to guess Evian started this, but no, apparently not. It was Perrier. And yeah. I would say Perrier, too, is one of those issues, is one of those products that convinced me, not that I wanted to necessarily drink it, but it was almost too rich for my blood. Mm -hmm. Like, in my head, it's so fancy that I would never really consider drinking it. And that, I guess it comes probably back from that ad campaign that ran in the 70s and, I guess, into the 80s. Um, that's interesting. I, I would not have. I would not have called it as Perrier. I would have thought because the first one I remember seeing in stores, Perrier was always something different, and it is fizzy water, uh, as they call it, mm -hmm. or sparkling water or carbonated water. Um, but I, I feel like uh, the uh, the one it was Evian. Like I remember going into convenience stores, and all of a sudden they had a you know a little row of Evian. Now. Go into a convenience store these days. Just I, do this as an experiment if this at all interests you at all. 
go in there and just take an inventory of what is in each uh, refrigerated door. Like, because they break them up by categories. There's one. There's one that's all water. There's one. It used to be they were all soda, and then there was one with mixed stuff. It would be like, you know, okay, mm-hmm. there's a little juice. There's a little, uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe water. Uh, there's a little Gatorade. Go through there and check that. Like, there's some big convenience stores around me. I'm amazed at what the the ratio is. Now it's like one. Maybe two for soda. Maybe. Maybe. Because it's usually, you might have Coke and Pepsi. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's two or three for water. Then there's another one or two for flavored water. Then there's another one for sports sports drinks. Then there's another two or three for energy drinks. Monster, Red Bull. Those are the fastest growing. Those are the ones are going crazy. Based the the sodas. And then you have the stuff you're talking about, Jeff, Pat, with milks and chocolate milks. Mm -hmm. And another one you'll see all the time now is an entire case for protein shakes. Look at this. You'll see it Mm -hmm. constantly. Muscle milk and all those. It's an entire entire door now. Sometimes two. Yeah. It's amazing. It is crazy. It is amazing. One thing I, I always see this and people, because they know how much I love soda. Will constantly say, "Oh, look at this! The soda's dropping the smallest share of the market they've ever had." First of all, they're making still a lot of money, but second of all, I'm sorry. What an energy drink is is a soda. That is just a soda. Mm-hmm. They just have added caffeine to the soda. The old sodas had caffeine. There's just more caffeine in the sodas now. It's just uh, another kind and of soda that just has caffeine in it. It's soda that tastes bad, and they and and added caffeine to it. Yes. So for whatever reason, they have chosen some of these companies like Red obviously Bull. Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, it tastes like I, I I don't know what cat pee. Yeah. It is so not that I drink a lot of cat pee. You drink some, but some. I mean, yeah. we'll chill some of it oh, okay. and yeah, and so, put it. Yeah. Well, you waste it. <laughs> no, no, you can't waste no. a resource like that. Uh, so, I, it seems like Red Bull purposely tastes bad. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Uh, I mean, some of them like. Is it Rockstar, Monster? A Monster, few of them have... Monster have some really good flavors. I, I, th- I think what happened was Red Bull came out on the market and tasted like crap. Oh, so every, gosh, it's bad. Every other uh, energy drink, because Red Bull was kind of the first one, every other one launched their energy drink to compete with Red Bull and tried to flavor it in a similar way of Red Bull, yeah. thinking to themselves, right. hey, you know what people like about Red Bull is this it taste. It tastes bad. They do not. No. No. So now no. Monster and Rockstar and all these other ones have come out. And a lot of their flavors are actually really good. In fact, yeah. to the point that Red Bull has now added a bunch of flavors that are actually pretty good. They have they have a bunch of different oh, do colors. they have good tasting ones? They have now? an orange one. They have a, um, uh, uh, hmm. like a there's an orange, yellow, blue. Like there's all the different colors now, and those some of those are pretty tasty. I mean, they're still a little Red Bully, but the other the other ones are great. Like there's a um, Monster does a series of iced teas. Um, which are there's a peach iced tea, um, uh, a raspberry iced tea, uh, lemonade iced tea. They're freaking awesome. They're just, mm. uh, their lemonade iced tea is my like my favorite iced tea. It's just their really? lemonade is like one of my favorite lemonades. Even when I don't want uh, when I don't want uh, ca- like lots of caffeine, I, I'd rather drink their lemonade than most of the other brands of lemonade. Yeah, it's just like a lot of that stuff is actually you now good. The um, you know, and I always like the zero calorie stuff, but the um, uh, the Ultra, the Monster Ultra flavors. I mean, I'll drink all of those. The orange one is my favorite. It's like my breakfast uh, drink of choice. Because it's like a little orange juicy. It, mm-hmm. it tastes a little bit like orange juice. Even it's not, it's a soda. It's an orange soda, basically, with a bunch of caffeine. But I'll do that. The white one's really good. The black one's really good. The red one, blue one. They're all pretty good. The, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. And as you can tell, 
I'm a little hyped up on it, probably because I got too much monster. <laughs> More Pat and Stu coming up in a minute. <laughs> Jeffy, you got to, why are you, you don't like that open or, oh, you got to turn your mic on though. You yeah. Gotta, you got to go turn ahead your mic and, on. No, because, your mic's not on. No, your mic's still not on. Jeffy. It's still not on, Jeffy. Why don't we use this? I mean, really, do you need to come in? This is, it's all we get from you on the show is that. And then you come in here and, uh, and I mean, it's, it's obviously worse. Why not just go with the, the footage? What do you think? I thought we were going to meet about that. No, we were. Yeah, we need to. We need to. We have I'm willing to, to discuss. Yeah. You're just saying we just have to right. negotiate a rate. Okay. All right. So here's the, uh, the Jeffy segment for today where he's got some stories and such. Jeffy? Anyway, well, I'm sure that you discussed it uh, on the days that I was off, but I wanted to get an opportunity to get it in and, and call him a special douche again. Uh, congratulations. The appeals court rejected the uh, $1.8 million award yes. to Jesse Ventura. God, I love that story. Uh, douche Hall uh, of Fame member. And I will say two things. Nozzle. We didn't talk about it enough. And the other thing is the reason they dismissed it was not a great one. No, they left it open for him to try again Should if he not wanted have. to. Should not. And uh, I, you know, I, I hope that he doesn't. I hope he, he sees the arrow error of his douchebaggy ways. Oh, but he I, will, and he will not. No way will no, he. No way. Uh, and he'll probably go back after her, after Taya, uh, Kyle, and and uh, the estate from Chris, uh, because. He was cited in the book. If you don't remember the story, Chris Kyle said that uh, he was mouthing off in, in a seal bar. Seals were back from from one of their uh, one of their raids, and uh, actually, they it, it wasn't a raid. It was they were. I, I think they were remembering a fallen seal, right? And it was at this get together that Jesse Ventura started mouthing off and saying things like. I don't know, like he, they deserve it or something of, of that nature. And it got to the point where Kyle, Chris Kyle finally hit him in the, in the face and knocked him down. And he wrote about that in the book and just called him Mr. Scruffy Face. Didn't even mention it was Jesse Ventura. Right. But on a radio interviewer later, he admitted it was Jesse Ventura. So Jesse Ventura sued him, saying that wasn't true. Now, 11 people testified it was. 11 people. And there were some people who said it wasn't, too, right? I mean... I think, yes, yeah, friends so. of Jesse Ventura's. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it seems to me, and I don't remember all the facts of the trial, but it seems to me that some of the people who said he didn't do it weren't even there. But... Uh, anyway. Anyway, he wound up winning $1.8 million from the estate of, of Chris Kyle, and that's been thrown out because it was an excessive amount. Right? Unjust enrichment. Yeah. Unjust enrichment. Should have been thrown out on the merits of the case. And So, uh, so what, what does that mean? He, they can go back and retry it? Yep, yeah. The judges, the they vacated the defamation award and sent that portion of the case back to the court for a new trial. 
So just the award, he's still in the right, but they're going to they're going to figure out what the award is. The jury awarded Ventura five hundred thousand for defamation and one point three for unjust mm. enrichment. Yeah. So yeah, actually. Mm. So yeah, the defamation still stands. That's not right? even a great. That's no, not a great no. verdict. And at of all. course, you know the Kyles will, uh, you know, the the family and the lawyer will begin to keep appeal, appealing. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I mean, I, hopefully mm-hmm. he never gets and to I'm, die by that. Moment. I'm sure he'll. Yeah, and Ventura will keep going. I'll bet. Oh yeah, I think so too. He'll, as long as he has the money, I will say. Uh, interestingly, uh, um, one of the sites that wrote up about this something recently, and when they said. Uh, uh, they said basically, uh, uh, the American sniper was an American liar, uh, and that was their headline. And then they, sh- for the picture to illustrate that, mm. they showed uh, Taya Kyle um, next to a picture of her dead husband at the funeral <laughs> because they thought that was a really funny way to illustrate what a liar he was. Uh, by the way, that that <laughs> so company, uh, Gawker. It <laughs> just went, uh, went bankrupt because they were getting good uh, in, in an actual real case, uh, which they actually did something wrong. And now their company, they had to change ownership and go through Chapter 7. So, Yay. Yay. And also we got Disney Pixar's uh, Finding Dory opening up. Oh, uh, this weekend is going to be huge. We've Kid got the new, yeah, we got the new transgender uh, uh, Stingray in the movie. Is there really? Uh, yeah, Trans Ronda. Oh, the Sting Ronda. Is that true? They're actually yeah. saying it's trans or no? Yeah, it's trans now, is, Sting, uh, trans, uh, Sting Ronda. Yeah, no. Now, is, is, is this one of the species that could actually change genders? Is that why they're doing this? Because there are some species that can actually do that, right? right? Like it's, right. And they're making a big deal about, uh, I think they show uh, a really fast clip of a couple of uh, uh, Female fishes that have a little baby or something, and it's supposed to be it's supposed to be lesbian fishes with babies. And- <laughs> it's just a, what? We'll do this in anything, anything again. I mean, I, come on. I, I, I mean, again, I'm sure it's not a big part of the story. Now, this movie's going to be and, huge. And it's though. Ellen's Ellen voices. Huh? Nemo? No, Dory. Dory. Yeah. Oh yeah, because Dory is Nemo's friend. Right? right. Is Nemo in this movie? I do not know that. I know. I, I know my kids are very excited to see it, though. And I don't think they've ever, they've never seen mm. Finding Nemo. I will say it's, these it's freaking time. kids' movies are too dark, man. Mm-hmm. They all start with somebody dying. Everyone's parent. Well, Nemo was the last living. Yeah, I know. It's, they're all terrible. The I, I was, uh, it's, they're all just so tragic. Uh, well, yeah.